0: Great. I'd rather not be with you today, but it's good to be with you today. That sounds strange, but it's great. So um, I'm just going to pray for us as we come to God's word and look at that together today. So let's just take a moment to pray. Father God, we thank you. Thank you so much that you are present here with us. Thank you as we gather as your people, God, we sense your presence amongst us. And we ask that by your Holy Spirit that you would guide us into your truth today, that as we look at your word, that you would speak to our hearts and that you would draw our hearts after you, that we would follow and serve you this new year, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so today uh, we're going to be looking at the story of Anna, who was a prophet in the temple. Um, it's in uh, Luke two. If you have a Bible, um, if you haven't, I'd really encourage you to look this up. If you have a Bible or your phone, I'd encourage you to just get it out. It's a good habit to be in. Have God's Word with us. If you haven't got a copy, um, Matt is happy to hand out one or two. Anybody, don't be embarrassed. Just put your hand up if you'd like to have a Bible in front of you. Yes, one down here for Graham. Anybody else that just like a Bible in front of you, if you haven't got a copy yourself, that's great. Thanks a lot, Matt. Okay, so Anna was this prophet in the temple when Jesus' parents brought him along as a baby. Um, So we're just following on from the Christmas story here. And it's here we meet Anna. Um, If you were with us at the Nativity Service a couple of weeks ago, you would have met Anna, alias... Louise Viney. Now, Louise, we did do a disservice. Louise is with us on Zoom today. Um, She's not 84. She doesn't look anything like 84. You really, really don't, um, Louise. Um, But Anna was an older lady, and um, I'm, I'm not sure, actually, if she was at the stable, but she certainly met Jesus. So let's read these verses together uh, from Luke 2, and we're going to read from verse 36 to 40. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation today. So Anna, a prophet who was also there in the temple, she was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher. And she was very old. Don't tell any 84-year-olds that, but the Bible says here that that was quite old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshipping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary Mary. And Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong, he was filled with wisdom. And God's favor was on him. This is the word of the Lord. One of my little treats, um, and it doesn't take much to please me, is sitting up in bed on a Saturday morning when I've got a free Saturday and I'm not working and I don't have grandchildren, um, reading the Saturday Guardian with a cup of tea, okay? Okay. And in the weekend section, I think they can now call it the Saturday, they've changed it recently. Uh, In the weekend section, they have this daft interview of two people um, who go on an arranged blind date. anybody, probably none of you look at this, but I'm afraid I do, it's a sort of mindless thing. And uh, one of the questions they ask after the meeting uh, between these two people is what three words would you use to describe the other person that you'd met? And you have to come up with these three words. Well, if someone asked me about my encounter with Anna in these verses and asked me what were the three words I'd use for Anna, they would be devout, focused, and expectant. Devout, focused and expectant. Here is this dear woman. She'd been widowed for decades. Now, in that time in culture, um, the next brother to her husband, who was deceased, would have generally married that woman, taken her into his home and married her. Maybe, but this had never occurred in Anna's case. Now, maybe her husband had no brothers or kinsmen that could have taken Anna as a wife. Um, Or maybe Anna wanted to devote herself to worshipping God, to seeking God. Who knows how this situation had come about, but come about it had. Anna had faithfully committed herself to seeking God, Um, and to worshipping and to serving. She was an amazing woman of God. We don't know any more details. How was she supported? Who knows? Did she get money through monies that were given to the temple? Is that how she was supported? Did she have friends who supported her or took her food or clothes? We don't know. Where did she sleep? Surely she couldn't have stayed all day, every day, and night in the temple. Maybe that's a turn of phrase. Maybe she was just kind of there a lot. Some of you might feel that you are in the church a lot, doing jobs. (laughs) Thank you if you are. Um, But it does say she stayed there all day and night, so we don't know much detail. But let's look at what we can learn from Anna. Anna had an expectant heart. What does this expectation mean in the Bible? I think it means that she believed something would happen. Um, It's more than a vain hope. Um, She held a strong belief that the promise of God to send a Messiah, remember that was what the Jews were waiting and praying for, would be fulfilled. She wanted to see it with her own eyes, not to miss that moment of revelation. She'd fasted prayed and prayed in earnest. Now, we know that the Jews were waiting for this Messiah and praying for this Messiah to come. Maybe some of them had given up hope that this Messiah would ever come. It had been years they'd been praying for this Messiah. Not Anna. She dedicated herself to prayer and to encountering this saving one, the the Messiah, Jesus. Do you know, interestingly, Phanuel, the name of Anna's father that we have listed here, means face-to-face. I wonder if Anna really expected that she would see this Messiah face-to-face, I wonder. And what's more, Anna surrounded herself with those, look at verse 38, Who were waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. She held company with other people who were expecting God to reveal the Messiah. So she put herself in the place of others who were going to encourage her in her expectancy. I'd like to pose three questions for us to think about, either individually or in our midweek group, perhaps. Um, And by the way, I'd totally endorse what Hilary says. What better way to start uh, the new year than to think about grouping with some others who are going to encourage us in seeking God, as Anna did? So talk to Hilary, myself, Chris, somebody... um, Ping an email to the admin, do whatever. If you'd like to join such a group, I'd encourage you. <clears throat> so, what are the questions? Firstly, are you, am I, expecting to encounter Jesus this year? Are you expecting to encounter Jesus this year? Perhaps not face to face, though some of us may be transitioned into glory, who knows? But we can encounter him in many ways. Some of us may have been serving God faithfully for many years, but maybe we're like those who've given up hope, maybe like some of those Jews praying for the Messiah to come. Maybe you've Maybe they had stopped expecting the Messiah to come. And maybe we have. We've maybe stopped expecting that we'll encounter Jesus. You know, they certainly didn't believe Jesus or take him at his word when he came. That's what we seem to read. If you've been a Christian for many years, and I know there's a good number of our folks in the church have been, Are you expecting to encounter Jesus in 2022? Or have you given up expecting? And deep in your heart, you think, it's more of the same old, same old life with Jesus. When Anna encountered Jesus, albeit a baby Jesus, she knew This was God's answer. This was God's Messiah. And she began praising God. Her joy flowed and she began to talk excitedly to many people about this Jesus. I remember um, Trudy bringing that point out in the nativity service that Anna did just that. Are we expecting that encountering Jesus this year will lead us to new activities, to new relationships to new joy, a new heart of praise? Are we expecting that encountering Jesus this year will do that for us? What sort of God are we worshipping? It is certainly not, listen up folks, the not, the same old, same old God look at that verse the text in the world i'm going to read it for those that are on zoom see i am doing a new thing now it springs up or and do you not perceive it okay this was our text of the year last year um and we we see that god is a god who does new things so 2022 is a great adventure for god because he's never done 2022 before he knows about 2022 but he's walking into it with us We're not going to get the first visitation of the Saviour, are we? Because we just celebrated that last week. I think my brain's a bit coddled at the moment because I had to prepare this sermon two or three weeks ago and I had to pre-record it before Christmas. So I was kind of like in this year and back in that year and I'm a bit all over the place. But anyway, we're not going to get that first visitation of the Saviour, are we? Um, But who knows that 2022 won't hold the coming again? Of Jesus, We read in the Bible, for those of you not familiar, that Jesus will return. Jesus himself said that. Are you expecting to encounter Jesus this year, if not literally as Anna did, but with the eyes of faith, seeing him afresh for who he is, for what he's doing in his world, how he wants to work in us and use our lives for his glory? You know, Paul wrote to the church in Corinth that God, the words say, has made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God in the face of Christ. That's what Paul wrote to the people in Corinth. So they could know the glory of God in the face of Christ. Now, the people in Corinth did not see Jesus Christ. As far as I'm aware, they did not meet Jesus face to face. But he would, Paul was writing that he, people could know Jesus the glory of God in the face of Christ. So there's a way that with the eyes of faith, we can see the face of Jesus, not literally the visage of Jesus, but we can know Jesus. Wow, that is an incredible thought, guys, if we want to move into this year together. Is that our prayer? Open my eyes, Lord, I want to see Jesus. Old chorus is that our prayer this year, I want to see Jesus. You know, if you don't feel expectant and if you've lost sight of Jesus, then I, can I encourage you to to kind of make that commitment to seeking Jesus afresh this year, to devote yourself to being in worship, gathering like this. It's great to see so many of us. And I would encourage you, if you're on Zoom and you could have been here, to gather like Anna with other believers to and to pray together and to, to fast together and to seek God. It's difficult in COVID times, isn't it? And some of us maybe have given up the habit of meeting together. Um, we've, we've kind of got out of the habit. Well, guys, let me encourage you with Anna this morning that she just was passionate to be in God's house, to be with God's people, to be with people who are expectant to meet with Jesus Let's hold company with those people through our small groups or whatever, people who want to encounter Jesus. Let's can I encourage you to do that. (laughs) David wrote in Psalm 86: Give me an undivided heart that I might fear your name. Give me an undivided heart. Not divided by our own desires or interests or ambitions or aims, the things that we want to put central in our lives, but give us an undivided heart in seeking God and expecting him to meet with us. Am I walking in the Lord today, into 2022, expectant of knowing him more? I just want to leave that with you as the first question. Am I expecting to encounter Jesus this year? And secondly, what are we expecting we can do for God this year or God can do through us this year? What are we expecting? I wonder who makes New Year's resolutions. I'm not going to ask you to share them, but. They're very often things like, well, I'd like to lose ten pounds. I must go to the gym more. I'm going to do some more gardening. I must spend some more time with the grandchildren, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We we have goals, don't we? I must learn how to make artisan bread, or whatever it is is your thing. We make New Year's resolutions. Um, I wonder whether doing things for God, serving God, serving in the church, whether they ever feature in what we commit to doing in the new year. Or to believe is possible, not a vain hope, but a confident expectation that God could use us in serving him this coming year. This year, do you want to make a difference for God? Can I just ask you to sit with that and say, God, do I want to make a difference for you this year? What can I do? How can I serve? Are you willing to offer yourself wholly as in the entirety of yourself, to God to bring him glory. None of us are anything without God breathing his life into us and the Holy Spirit working in us. But are we willing to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice? Romans 12, verse 1, some of you will know it very well, but I'm going to read it for people that don't. Um, And so, dear brothers and sisters, this is Paul writing to the church in Rome, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Some of you will know it's a reasonable spiritual service, you know, different versions of that. But offering ourselves wholly to God as a living sacrifice. Somebody has said that the um, the only problem with the living sacrifice is that it tries to crawl off the altar. I wonder if you've crawled off the altar. It might be a long time ago you crawled off that altar. It might have been yesterday you crawled off that altar. I believe that it is a daily spiritual discipline for each of us to be coming before God and saying, I offer myself to you today, God, as a living sacrifice, giving what I am to you today to obey his will, whatever that looks like, and then God deigns to use us as a blessing to those around us and across the world. How many people did Anna bless through her devoted service over many years? Countless numbers, I would dare to suggest. Countless. And she possibly didn't even know it, she just devoted herself to God as a living sacrifice. And then she went and she praised God and she told other people about what she'd seen. She talked about this child, this Messiah who had come, whom she had seen face to face to everyone. She witnessed. She, that's what it means. You just say what you've seen and heard. Are we ready to do that in 2022? Yet it's not for our own glory, or so that others think we're great. We need to keep our focus on Jesus and keep looking to him as we're doing that. And as we do that, we become useful for the master. Oswald Chambers, um, who's an old saint with the Lord now, blessed many through writing books and preaching and stuff. But one of his books is called My Utmost for His Highest. Some of you will know it well. Um, and it says in one of the daily readings, if you're looking for a daily reading this year and you want to dig in, uh, you could do worse than reading My Amish for His Highest. I've just finished it um, on the 31st, having read it last year, so I'll give it a break this year, but mine's a tatty version that I bought when I was 18. But it says in there, The Lodestar the guiding star if you like charting our course the lodestar of a saint is god himself not estimated usefulness the lodestar of a saint is god himself not estimated usefulness it is the work that god does through us that counts not what we do for him so let's not come to god thinking god i can do you a favor here <laughs> let's not hold that in our minds. Let's actually just bring ourselves and devote ourselves to God and actually allow God to work through us. The call is to keep looking to God, like Anna did, being devoted to him. And out of that, God will use, he will use us for his great purposes. So if the first is, are we expecting to counter Jesus this year? Um, And the second is, what are we expecting he can do through us this year? The third question is what are we expecting God to do among us this year, among us, in our lives individually, but together as a church family? God wants to work in our lives. He wants to make us into the image of his son. Do you know what? That is God's expectation of 2022, okay? That's what he is expecting this year. Even through unusual, and aren't we in unusual times, unwanted means, things that God will take and use that we don't want to be happening, but his purpose is changing us from one degree of glory to the next, Paul writes to the Corinthians. Excuse me a minute, just let me have another sip. Quite a number of years ago, I had the privilege of interviewing a woman called Johnny Erickson at uh, this big Christian event called Spring Harvest uh, on, on the platform. And um, for those of you that don't know, and she's now called Johnny Erickson Tarda, because that's her husband's name, um, Johnny Erickson was a young woman, um, and at 17, she dived into a uh, pool a a rock pool you know somewhere um, outside and um, she was a keen swimmer and a diver and she obviously had misjudged this pool or something happened but she broke her neck and since that time of the age of 17 she's been a quadriplegic she's got no movement from her neck down any of her limbs and she's written, and, and you can read her story um, of the struggle and the pain. But to, to come through that, and understanding that through those unwanted means, God has been at work in her life. It, it meant a lot to me at the time. I'm a swimmer, and um, and she's a, you know, I, she's just probably a few years older than me. You know, so it kind of resonated with me and I, I was priv- really privileged to be able to meet her and to interview her, it was very special for me. But in a song that she had written, which had challenged me, and I spoke to her about it in this interview, she had written, God's purpose is not to make my life happy, but to make me more like Jesus. What an amazing thing to be able to say, you know, God has used Johnny hugely, she's American, we well, won't hold that against her, but, uh, you know, from a wheelchair, working massively into the field of disability, um, and her testimony has been amazing over many years now. Faithfulness to God, incredible. Um, but God's purpose is not to make my life happy, but to make me more like Jesus. Many of you will know, um, I mean, I'm sure if you're like me, you, you want to be happy and content and well in body and mind, and there's nothing wrong with wanting those things. And yet God's greater purpose for us, friends, this coming year and in our lives is for him to prepare us for glory, preparing us to meet Jesus That's his big, big purpose for us, for our lives. Um, Many of you know that, well, you all know, because it's been said this morning, they've been waiting for surgery. And the first time this was cancelled, I was very upset. (laughs) Uh, Very upset. And... um, I'd been about five hours waiting at a hospital. I'd been a number of times waiting a number of hours in hospitals for these cancellations. Uh, but the first time um, I was waiting, and um, it was, as I say, I was very emotional and upset. So for the second time I was going, I asked some people to pray specifically that God would really help me to not be upset. <laughs> if it was cancelled, and to be able to receive it and to accept it and to just, you know. And, you know, those, that time I was sitting there and I, I um, have a prayer journal, which I write, you know, sort of prayers in. And um, as I was sitting there for several hours, um, I was praying And i was writing in my prayer journal and i was writing and actually what i came to realize that actually god was more important what was more important to god was that actually what he was doing in me through this was that actually was i becoming more patient was i going to be able to be gracious to the people who came and said it's not going to happen again you know that actually who i was and who i was becoming in christ and was i becoming more holy that was actually more important to God than whether I've got a gallbladder or not, you know? And, and, and it's not easy. It's really, really not easy. But it, when we think about, you know, Johnny, when I, when I think about when I get to see Jesus, it's my character that he's interested in and how much like Jesus I've become. And whether I've grown in the fruits of the Holy Spirit far more than my physical state this is all going to be made new hallelujah am i expecting god to make me more holy this year we're going to be learning as we've heard more about holiness in the coming weeks so look forward to that because it's part of what god wants to do in our lives And what about our corporate life together? What are we expecting God to do among us as a church community this year? Will he add to our numbers? Will will we have new staff? Will we be able to stay open for worship? Who knows? But most importantly, how is he evidencing his reign among us as his people? Um, In love and understanding of one another, in forgiving one another... Are we putting our roots deep into him? Are we growing in faith? Is he able to showcase his glory through our worship together corporately, drawing others to know and love Jesus, building his kingdom as we reach out and extend God's love and compassion into Haywood's Heath? Are we becoming more tolerant of one another? Let's ask ourselves that question. Whether we meet at 9.45 or whether we meet at, Ten. whether we eat bacon rolls, whether we light candles, whether we pray on zoom, folks, God wants to move us, move among us in His power. that is his expectation for 2022. I just know that for sure. God used Anna to encourage others to look to Jesus. They had been waiting expectantly for God and Anna most diligently had been waiting, seeking, expecting to see Jesus. I want us to take some moments of quiet now. I've asked lots of questions this morning, but to consider how expectant are we this morning? Are we expecting to encounter God this year? be honest with God. If you've crawled off the altar, if you've kind of lost sight, if you've become overwhelmed with work stuff and COVID stuff and family stuff, and that's, you know, it's okay. I just said to a friend walking yesterday, you know, we could always come back. We can always come back to that place of saying, God, I want to see you. Are we expecting, what are we expecting God can do through our lives this year? And what are we expecting God to do in our lives, individually and corporately as a church? Maybe in the stillness or in the coming weeks, and I really urge you to take these questions away and think about them. You may hear God speaking to you. Now it could be through an audible voice, that's not common um, in our part of the world at at this time. Uh, he, may, may, he may speak to you through God's word, through Scripture, the written word of God that is His word. He may give a strong impression on our hearts, in a dream. You know, if you do sense God speaking to you, particularly about our lives together as a church, please share that with the leaders of the church, will you? That together we can be expectant of what God wants to do in and through us this year that's my prayer it's my prayer for me it's my prayer for us that we just move into all that God has for us in this coming year so let's be still and we're going to take a moment of silence and then we're going to listen to a song which is called all our tomorrows and I think we're going to see the words as well can we see the words of all our tomorrows yes so that would be great and we can listen to this song and then Trudy will finish our service Let's be still.